Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Thirty-one years ago, God spoke to Pastors John and Alba Romick to go to Columbia with a vision to raise up a ministry with an emphasis on teaching the Word of God. And that's how Mission Columbia was founded. The vision is to be used to help introduce in Colombia, South America, and the nations the last pouring out and harvest of the Holy Spirit. Thanks to their faithfulness and God's favor, we've been able to see much fruit. Rama Colombia. Under the vision of Rama USA, Rama Colombia was founded in the year 2000 with the purpose of training ministers and leaders in the Word of God. We have five extensions, including Rama Cuba, and more than 1,500 graduates prepared to work in the ministry. SEPCO was founded in 1988 and has developed leaders with the Word of God and godly principles to go out and change Colombia and the nation while being used as instruments of service in their local churches. Today, SEPCO has more than 10,000 graduates and 22 extensions in all of Colombia and three international extensions in Brazil, Venezuela, and Argentina. Today is the day to raise up a generation that will walk in the word and love of God. 12 years ago, Rema Sepco Niños has focused its efforts in training kids to know who they are in Christ and what they can do and what they have in Him. Currently, we have five extensions in Colombia and one in Argentina. We have graduated more than 350 kids. Selco focuses its efforts on teaching foreign languages at a low cost for people so that they can be effective and a blessing in their workplace and their local church. Everything that goes in this school is to support our Rayma Extension School in Cuba. In Rayma Music, we teach and train praise and worship teams so that they can be a blessing through their service in their local church. Liceo Integral Conquistadores is our school that educates based on our Christian faith, with the goal of forming leaders with character, excellence, and joy, able to live a life that impacts their families, community, and their nation. IGLECAM is our ministerial association that started in 1993. This association gathers ministers that have graduated our Bible schools and that want to continue receiving more teaching on the Word of God and also requires spiritual and economic covering. Iglecam is also a time of fellowship and communion with fellow ministers of the body of Christ. More than 400 churches are currently connected and blessed by this association. With the mission of translating Christian literature, PCI in over 20 years has distributed more than 1 million books in all of Latin America and also some of Europe, helping fulfill the Great Commission by reaching the world with the Word of God, sending out books authored by spirit-filled preachers, books filled with wisdom for these last days. 
Our church started 26 years ago and currently has more than 2,000 members. We have three weekly services and more than 100 house groups that meet every Friday and Saturday with the mission to reach our communities with the Word of God. In our evangelistic brigades, we bless more than 600 families every year. Candy Circus, we have 2,100 kids saved and 4,000 kids in attendance. We have more than 8,000 salvations every year. Extreme Fire, our youth conference, brings in 1,100 young people that are on fire for God. More than 300 pastor's wives come to our annual pastor's wives conference, and more than 1,000 come to our annual conference word explosion. Our plans for the near future are to have a radio station, Radio 316, so we can reach even more people with the Word of Faith. Right now, through our app, more than 400,000 have been able to listen to the Word of God. Mission Columbia was also given 20 acres of land in order to build a retreat facility that churches can use for their camps, retreats, and outings. Our goal is to have this built as soon as possible. And as for our church, we are expanding, buying a plot of land beside our church so we can duplicate our capacity. Today, there are approximately 12,000 graduates in SEPCO and Raymond. There have been more than 1 million books printed, more than 26 extension schools, 22 in Colombia, one in Brazil, two in Argentina, one in Venezuela, four Rama schools in Jopal, Girardot, Bogota, and Cuba. Thanks to your support, we've been able to bless and train thousands of people, children, youth, and adults, which are now pursuing God's call on their lives. We're raising up people that don't give up under any circumstance because they know that God is with them. Raising up people that are changing nations with the power of the Word of God. People that live by faith and help others to live by it too. People that are storing their treasures in heaven by fulfilling the Great Commission. Thank you for your help and support, and to God be the glory. Before we give it up, because we want to give it up, that the fruit is amazing. Uh, John was telling me the radio station is now up and running. And uh, what they've accomplished, I've been there. It's just absolutely breathtaking. Um, John grew up in Parma. He's an Ohio, Northeast Ohio boy. And, and we met in Bible school. We've known each other since Bible school. We played on the same flag football team. And uh, we, we have just, Gene and I are just amazed at what John and Alba have done. Can we welcome them? Let them know we're excited to have them here tonight. We're so excited to have you guys. And I, I thought I'd start, I, I, I asked John if he'd share a funny ministry story, so just so they can get to know you. Uh, sure. Well, <laughs> well, we're missionaries uh, for 32 years, and uh, I married a missionary. Our three children are missionaries, but they say there's um, four levels to being a missionary. Um, the first level uh, of a missionary, if you're on the mission field and you, fire, you find a fly uh, in your coffee, because coffee is the hot drink of the West and tea is more or less of the East, uh, and you find a, a, a fly in there, if you're first level missionary, you just throw the coffee away and you won't drink that. 
A second level missionary will uh, look at the, the coffee or whatever and he'll fish the fly out of there and he'll, he'll drink it anyway. Uh, a third level missionary that uh, if there's a fly in your coffee, you drink the coffee with the fly, you don't really care anymore. And a fourth level missionary is that if you have a hot coffee and there's not a fly in there, you catch one, you throw it in there, and you, you drink it. So, so we're, we're second level missionaries. I'm going to translate. I was going to do it in Spanish, obviously, and I'll translate more or less. I'll translate. And, um, bueno, buenas noches. Good evening. <laughs> eh, estamos muy contentos de estar con ustedes. We're happy to be here this evening. Y bueno, en el ministerio tú tienes momentos alegres. In the ministry you have happy times. Pero los más alegres los pasamos en familia. And, but the, our best times have been in family, obviously. Y si tú conoces a nuestros hijos. And if you know our children. Eh, ellos son como muy chistosos. They like to fool around a lot. Eh, sobre todo John David. Uh, especially our oldest, John David. Cuando estaba más pequeño, when he was smaller, obviously. Él se inventaba historias, eh, eh, unas historias eh, que él se las inventaba. He invented a lot of stories uh, with his friends and cousins and relatives. Y una vez le contó a un niño. And one time he was telling one of his uh, friends. Eh, que no conocía dónde vivíamos. Here in the states. Yeah. Aquí, que no conocía dónde vivíamos. He didn't know where, where we lived. He didn't know where Columbia was. Que nosotros vivíamos en un árbol, en una casa de, en un árbol. And he, he had him convinced for years that we lived in a treehouse. <laughs> Pero ese so. año, él tenía como ocho, nueve años, él estaba usando retenedores. But he was using braces when he was eight or nine years old. Y, él, y, el, y el amigo le pregunta, ¿cómo haces para ir al dentista? And someone asked him, how, how do you go to a dentist there in Colombia? Y él le dijo, montado en un burro. He said, uh, we go uh, um, riding on mules. <laughs> so, that's John David. <laughs> John, tell him the one funny story you told me um, when you said something. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then we'll uh, go to the series. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's a funny um, story. When we just got to Colombia, you have to realize that between Guatemala and Colombia, uh, or in Latin America, there's different words that mean different things, even in Spanish, in different countries. So when I got to Colombia, I was preaching away. I thought I was doing really good about how the Lord makes your interior new, your insides. But I was using the word interior uh, and um, the, the righteousness, of, uh, righteousness of God, and he washes you with the blood, he makes it clean, and, and rivers of living water will flow from your, in, uh, your interior. Uh, and, but in Colombia, interior means your underwear. Uh. <laughs> so everyone was cracking up, and I had no reason. I didn't know what was going on until afterwards, and I, I, I don't use that word anymore. So. <laughs> All right, so John, tell us about how the church is growing worldwide. Uh, tell us what's going on. Well, praise uh, Pastor Joe. Um, good things are happening. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus is winning. Praise God. Um, we see in the the uh, closure, of the Great Commission coming to pass between our eye, before our eyes. Uh, we believe the Lord's coming soon and uh, you know, fil finishing up the work. But uh, for example, the church in the world, the last 
four to five years as uh, the increase of growth is at seven, almost 8% today uh, in the world. Every year, the church as a whole growing seven to 8%, which is extreme growth right now. Uh, and a lot of that's in Africa, South America, Asia, all, all the world. And um, one example of the church growth is Latin America. Uh, Latin America from is like 28 different countries uh, from the uh, the Rio Grande in Mexico there to the Patagonia in uh, Argentina and a hundred years ago, there was about 40,000 Christians in all of all of Latin America. And divide that by 28, and you're talking less than 2,000 in every country. Today, um, like 100 years later, the gospel going forth, the church growing, uh, uh, the last day's harvest coming in, um, the, the num that number is like 85 million today. Um, before, it was one Christian for every 200 people in Latin America. Uh, today uh, is one for every seven pe seven people, and so it's tremendous growth in um, Africa uh, is exploding with the gospel. Um, we used to call Africa the dark continent uh, in the sense of spiritual darkness, uh, and it's not like that anymore. It's really it's the light continent today. Uh, if you look, look at Africa from the the south of the from the south of the Sahara Desert, their north central uh, Africa to Cape Town to South Africa, um, not, not not talking about Northern Africa, but that that part of Africa is over forty percent Christian today. Uh, and which is the greatest concentration of Christians in all the world, uh, and just tremendous growth. And, and perhaps one other quick example, um, uh, we can think here in um, China. Uh, China, uh, when Mao Zedong, uh, the communist emperor, uh, took over, uh, he expelled all the missionaries from uh, 1945 from uh, uh, China. And there's, that time, about 3 million Christians which is like, in that size of country, is like less than 0.03%, uh, 0.3%, better said. And today, um, after 70 years of oppression, of uh, tremendous, uh, it's illegal to preach the gospel uh, publicly, and uh, you can't, can't, can't assemble together legally in groups, and, um, and the, the gospel has grown in China today, the, the most conservative um, uh, statistics we have, it's, uh, I'll go with the conservative, it's like 150 million people saved in China. Uh, went from 3 million to 150 million uh, in the last 70 years uh, under communist oppression. Uh, and maybe one other example that just comes to my mind real quick about Russia. Also, uh, Russia was uh, difficult to preach the gospel and just recently, uh, President Putin, uh, Putin uh, made it illegal uh, to evangelize. Uh, that's a new rule that just came out, or law, uh, but, but whatever. Uh, but today, after all this oppression in Russia uh, for years uh, against the church, there's four times as many Christians in Russia as there are members of the Communist Party. And uh, so the Lord is Lord's winning, praise God. And, yeah. and great, great things are happening all the world, and it's tremendous. Tell them about the one we talked about in there, the, the guy reaching um, the uh, Muslim country uh, via, he's pastoring via the Internet. Oh, sure. That was uh, an incredible story. Right, that's a great story. Um, and, and it's where the terrorists that did what they did in New York, it's his nation. 
Yeah, so Uzbekistan, I think it's called, uh, one of those Stan countries in the South, uh, South Central Asia, which are Muslim. Uh, but I, I know of a guy uh, just talking about different ways to get the gospel out. It's illegal to assemble, and if you're identified as a Christian, that means they confiscate your uh, possessions, uh, torture, and possibly martyrdom or death. Uh, uh, and so uh, he has a church of over 500 members in this moment uh, in Uzbekistan, and he, he counsels, he helps them, and does whatever, and uh, he, you know, even baptizes. Uh, and, uh, but he lives in South Africa, the pastor. Uh, his church is through the Internet. He has a different site, uh, different sites, and and praise God uh, uh, through the internet, he's pastoring 500 people. So there's different ways to get the gospel out, and um, and praise God, uh, things are good. Things are going on, and I I know one other story about that, Pastor Joe. Uh, there's um there's a site I know a Muslim uh, site where they're evangelizing. They they put up through all the Muslim world. And it talks about Muhammad and uh, different things about the Muslim faith and different things going on. But they always have in the corner there uh, where you can click on the prophet of the month. And, uh, and so they let that go. Cause, uh, but you go back like two pages, uh, the prophet of the month, every month, is Jesus. And, uh, and uh, they preach the gospel. Uh, but if you go back like two layers to get it, and, and they've won thousands and thousands of Muslims through this page. Uh, real real uh, ingenious, I thought, how they got the gospel out. Uh, but good things are going on in all the world. Um, it, even the world's getting darker in the world sense, but the church is uh, shining forth the glory of God, and uh, Jesus is winning, praise God. Uh, the gospel's getting out, praise God. Can we just give it up for what God's doing around the world? That's amazing. That is amazing. All right, John, I want to ask this question. Obviously, not many choose the path in life that, that you did. What drew you uh, to giving your life to missions? Boys, um, that's a good question. I got to do this in English. I got to remember that. Um, that. John's lived there so long, he thinks in Spanish. Yeah. So he has to. That's 30, more than half our lives, 34 years now, um, or 33 years, I'm sorry. And, but uh, it's a long story, Pastor, I'll give you the short version. Um, when I was, just when I was saved, um, Lord put on my heart missions, uh, other countries, other people, other languages. And I used to always pray a world map there in my um, study. And I always put my, always put my hand over South America. And I, I pray for South America uh, every day. Is uh, that because that was on your heart? Yeah, okay. yeah. The Lord just led me to South America. And I, I prayed. Then one day there in Cleveland or in Parma, Parma Heights, uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, go south. And I really wasn't sure about that, uh, what, what that meant, just go south. Uh, and, uh, but, but he spoke. And uh, a little after that, he put on my heart to go to Bible school, uh, which is in Tulsa, which for me was south. <laughs> I didn't go, go, uh, that was a whole different culture. Uh, go, go down there. Then when I was there, the Lord spoke to me about going to Guatemala, uh, which is south of Tulsa, uh, and went down there. And one day, uh, and just got up. The Lord spoke clearly to my heart. He said, Bogota, Colombia, which was south of Guatemala. And uh, just were trying to be obedient to the heavenly calling and uh, do with the Lord. And so we packed up a little, little, a couple years later, a year later, and went to Bogota. Uh, and 
If the Lord says go so south somewhere else, we'll go to Antarctica or wherever. <laughs> wherever the, there's not many two more places south, but um, I think we're good right now. But um, I believe it's just uh, being obedient to his voice. You're sitting here next to Elva. Uh, how did you meet your wife, and how long have you guys been married? That's a good question. <laughs> um, 31 years uh, ago, and uh, uh, when I got to Guatemala, uh, Alba was the receptionist of the mission there, and she did a good job of receiving and, and us. That, that is her home country. Yes, she, she's from Guatemala, uh, if you didn't know, and, uh, and we got married um, a couple years later, a year and a half later, more or less, uh, and from then, and when I went to Colombia, I just say in a joking way, I took my uh, Guatemalan souvenir with me uh, uh, to, to Colombia. No. And you know, she's a wonderful wife, and uh, she's dedicated to the will of God, and uh, I appreciate her. Um, what was the spiritual condition of Colombia and your region when you first planted, and how has that changed over the years? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Um, when we first got to Colombia, it was real difficult in the sense that the spiritual climate, people uh, were not open to the gospel, generally speaking, and it was a difficult ground uh, to plow. Uh, and uh, there was just a real religious, uh, a Catholic culture, and very few churches and uh, few Christians. Um, but that's changed over the years, praise God. Uh, we've seen a tremendous difference uh, uh, through sowing and planting and many other ministries and churches also uh, there in Colombia. Uh, but today, it's, it's what we call open heavens, more or less, much more open to the gospel and people receiving and uh, churches blossoming. Um, when we first got there, there was all kind of bombs going off in the city and... Uh, different things uh, with the mafia. It was a real dangerous place to live at that time, but the Lord protected everyone. Everyone's fine. Um, but today it's 100% uh, different. The only way I can explain it is just so easy to get people saved nowadays and, uh, and the presence of God manifests so much easier and salvation and uh, just uh, like night and day, uh, the best way to say it. John, uh, I, I saw in your video, and I also was already aware of it, but you have you have a Bible school in Cuba. Tell us a little. That's just fascinating to me because they're not allowed to. Are they allowed to go public with the gospel there? No, no. Cuba doesn't know that's there's a Bible school there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the government, you know, they, they don't tell anyone. Uh, um, we can't uh, don't talk about it too much, but not to put anyone in in danger situation or whatever. But. Um, we're there in Havana with a Bible school, uh, underground Bible school, uh, and it's the only way to do it uh, with the, the Rama Bible School. And it's been a real blessing. I've seen uh, now three or four different graduating classes uh, in Cuba, and the school's doing really well, uh, bringing forth fruit, uh, churches being planted, uh, people going out, doing the work of the ministry, being faithful, uh, good fruit coming forth, and um, we praise God for that. Uh, but it's been a real challenge in, in Cuba, um, financially and in every way, but the Lord has supplied, praise God. And let, let me say too, Pastor Joe, I, I forgot at the beginning here, I wanted to give thanks to this church. Uh, this is a five-star church, you realize that. Uh, this is a wonderful ministry uh, here. And I thank God for Pastor Joe and his, all his family. 
And you guys have been a blessing to Columbia over the years, to World Missions and many other parts. And, uh, no, I thank you for that. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, uh, we, we appreciate the, your help for taking the gospel out. But this church is uh, uh, really a first-class church. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, I'm impressed. Praise God. Um, John, what, what does the church in Cuba look like? And thank you, by the way. Sure. Um, are they underground, too? Um, well, uh, there's a few churches that are recognized by the state, but they're more or less, they're influenced by the, the state and they, they preach what the state wants, more or less more political churches than uh, preaching the gospel. Um, but the, the good churches that are there are all underground. They meet in houses, uh, basically. Uh, there's no church buildings or anything there. They're all in the living room and the dining room and up the stairs or whatever uh, and wherever they can. And uh, a lot of them meet every night of the week because uh, there's really nothing much to do in Cuba. <laughs> uh, there's in, one, in the Bible school, there's a doctor and a lawyer uh, couple. And the doctor makes, uh, get this right here in, in dollars, $35 a month. And the lawyer makes $30 a month. And they're doing really well for Cuba. I mean, they're like upper class. And uh, just to give you an idea of the conditions in Cuba, it's really it's uh, like 45% unemployment. Uh, people on the streets all day long doing nothing. Um, and, but, it, but the church is all underground uh, in house groups. You know, um, as we watch the news here, there's always the world's, you know, going crazy in a sense. But it's so cool to see God, at the same time, God's uh, yes. doing am amazing things in places we would never expect. And yes. it's amazing. And there's been an opening from the U.S. to the Cuba the last couple years, uh, which I think is good for the gospel. I don't know politically and all those questions. I'm, uh, I don't get into that. But it helps, helped us some with the gospel, opening up with the laws and the visas and the tourism and stuff. That, that helps us get in there without, uh, with a lot less problem, too. That's nice. Another question. What, what have been unique challenges in your mission work, and how have you worked to solve them? There's a lot of cultural uh, challenges, I think, of right off the bat, uh, different things. It's, it's different uh, flowing with a new culture and um, learning the customs. And the Bible says be a Jew to the Jew, a Greek to the Greek, which I think is a key for missions that you, you have to identify with them and not try to be someone from a different culture. So we're, we're, we're Colombians, uh, and we speak. Uh, as they do, we think like they do, their culture, uh, and the good things in the culture. Um, and just got to flow with it. And like even in Colombia, for example, you come into a room and you'll greet everyone in the room. If there's 50 people there, you greet every one of them. And if it's a lady that you kind of know, uh, you give them a kiss on the cheek, uh, and you go to each one and say hi. If you don't do that, you're you're full of pride and you're real standoffish and you're not nice. So you got to, I know in the U.S. you just come in a room, hi guys, and you're done. <laughs> and, uh, but this, you got to, you work, and when you leave, you have to do the same thing, all 50. You go run to one, and, uh, and even Argentina, in Latin, we do works in Argentina, uh, even the men will give a kiss on each cheek. Uh, that's the double kiss. And, uh, and that, that takes a while to get used to with a guy. <laughs> so um, we're not going to do that or anything. So, uh, uh, but it's kind of just flowing with the culture. Because once you identify with the culture, you know, they, they love you. Uh, and 
because you, you have to, like in Colombia, for example, real, uh, like with hot chocolate, in, in Colombia you put cheese in your hot chocolate. I know in the States you put marshmallows in the hot chocolate. And if you say put marshmallows in your hot chocolate in Colombia, they'll say what you said when I said cheese. Uh, they'll say, oh, how can you put marshmallows in it? Uh, why'd you put sweet and sweet? Uh, that's, uh, but it's just you flow. You know, we eat cheese in our hot chocolate. We love it, and that's because that's the, that's the way you do it. Uh, it's not one way is good, one way is wrong, or whatever, but you have to flow. That's a big challenge, flowing with the culture. Uh, to, that same verse says, be a Jew to, Jew to Jew, Greek to the Greek, that you might win some. And the idea is to win people and by identifying with the culture. But I think that's the biggest challenge uh, for any missionary, the language and identifying with the culture. Okay. Uh, what's it like doing ministry along um, with, with uh, your kids? Because your, your kids are in ministry. Tell us a little bit about what's, sure. what's happening there. Okay. Esa me la pido yo. That's, uh, she'll answer the question about the kids. Tenemos tres jóvenes ya, adultos. Three young men. Eh, John David, que se casó el año pasado. John David, who got married last year. Eh, y él nos ayuda en el área administrativa y de los jóvenes en la iglesia. He helps us in administration and with the young adults and youth in the, and youth in the church. Y también en, la, en, en, en las escuelas bíblicas enseñando. And a teacher in the Bible school also. Eh, eh, Daniel está a cargo de la radio, de la emisora. Danny is in charge of the radio station, the general manager, as you say here. Y también está enseñando en las escuelas bíblicas y ayudando en el grupo de música de jóvenes. And he's a teacher in the Bible school also, and he's in the praise and worship band also. Y Samuel eh, ayuda en audiovisuales y todavía está yendo a la universidad. Y Sammy helps in audiovisual department and um, he's still studying in the university. He has one more year to go. Y ellos nos ayudan en el ministerio y para mí es fascinante. They help us in the ministry and it's fascinating for me. Eh, una bendición. A blessing. Y también un reto. And also a challenge. Estamos trabajando con los jóvenes en esta generación. We're helping with the youth in, of this generation. Y realmente es, es, es bueno aprender de ellos y de lo que ellos, eh, de toda su creatividad que ellos tienen en este tiempo. It's a blessing to learn from them also all the strength and the cre creativity they have. What, what would you say, working with the next generation, what's your prayer over the young generation? Um, that they would fulfill the will of God uh, first and foremost, uh, that uh, they would uh, stay true to, to the word of God. Uh, like Timothy there says uh, uh, he had the same faith as his uh, grandmother and his, grand, his mother. Uh, and uh, I don't remember their names, but Eunice, uh, I think, and Loida. And uh, so it was a kind of generational thing at the same time, but that the youth uh, will help. Uh, they're, they're the generation chosen by the Lord, I believe, to fulfill the Great Commission. I believe Jesus is coming back soon, and uh, the harvest must come in first, and the Lord has uh, trust in them. He's charged them, and I believe they'll, they'll do it, and they'll, they'll bring it in. Uh, we've done our part, and we're still working, praise God, but this next generation is key to, f to fulfill the Great Commission. Yeah, and... John and I were talking in the back 
Um, really, there's no prophecy that's left to be fulfilled for Jesus to come back. The, the only reason he hasn't come back is he loves this world so much he's waiting for more people to come into the kingdom. And uh, this generation is poised to do it, this generation below us and, and the one below them. They're, they're going to do it. Um, okay, here, here's a question for you. You mentioned the three uh, revolutions in our generations, demographics, transportation, and co communication. Can you talk about how they facilitate preaching of the gospel and the growth of the church worldwide? Sure. Uh, there, uh, the Bible says, Mark 16, uh, that go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That implies uh, three different um, uh, revolutions or things that need to happen. First of all, go into all the world is transportation. And uh, we're, we're this chosen generation uh, to take the gospel out. Uh, the churches in the world uh, is church age. Uh, but uh, today, the, uh, what a revolution in transportation the last uh, last hundred years, um, for six thousand years, the uh, men got around by horseback or walking or camelback or maybe some canoes or something. But that was it. Uh, today we have airplanes, we have motorcycles, cars, jets, uh, and all, all these are tools to help get the gospel out. Uh, I know they make life more convenient, and that's fine, and you go visit your friends or whatever, but that's not the real principal reason. Uh, uh, when David Livingston, um, which had the great ministry in Africa, um, he would go from London to Congo, where his central um, ba mission base was. It took him over six months to get there. Uh, this is over 100-some years ago. And he had six months to get back. So just imagine all the time he wasted just traveling. Uh, and today you do that same trip in like 12 hours. Uh, and from here, from Warren, you can be in China uh, in probably less than 20 hours, I, I'm kind of guessing. Uh, and uh, just as uh, a revolution in transportation. Uh, my mom, uh, she told me that when she was a girl, she's like 91, she passed away this last November, but she said when she was a, a young girl, when an airplane would come over, over here in um, close to Altoona, Pennsylvania, uh, that everyone in town would get, come out and look at the airplane. And that was like the, the, the great thing of the, the week or the month, because you see a plane going over, like, remember the one show, uh, the plane, the plane, yeah, right. the plane. What was that? Uh, fantasy Island. Yeah, Fantasy yeah. Island. Uh, tattoo? I, I tattoo? Love, I love <laughs> so, and that was, now I don't think anyone's really too excited seeing a plane going over, but, but the idea is short-term missions, missionaries, transporting goods and Bibles and, uh, and books and sound equipment all around the world, that, that go is a lot easier today. So we, we have that advantage uh, of the transportation and uh, go into all the world, and that talks about a demographic uh, to every creature, uh, um, uh, uh, demographic explosion. Uh, for like uh, almost uh, 6,000 years, uh, the population of the earth varied some, but like 250 million, 300 million, it kind of stayed pretty steady uh, for about, about 4,000 years. Uh, and it didn't go much bigger than that. But in the last hundred and some years, uh, we, we broke the one billion barrier, like in 1800 and something. And then uh, two billion, three, four, five, six, seven. Now we're in like 7.6 billion, I, I believe. Uh, just a tremendous explosion demographic, every creature. But that, I don't look at it as a challenge as much as an opportunity. 
we have a tremendous opportunity to win a whole bunch of people real quick. Uh, that uh, with the communication the advantages we have and transportation and uh, uh, Christians, uh, uh, so many in the world, uh, getting the vision, uh, taking the gospel out, helping here in church, praise God, being involved, helping local missions and uh, national missions, international missions. Uh, uh, but uh, it's like, I remember a story, uh, Pastor Joe, there was a, a guy, that, a young kid that was with his family in a, in a, a chocolate factory. Not, I don't think it was Mally's, but a chocolate factory. We like Mally's chocolates, so whatever. And, um, and he was watching, again, the whole tour, and there's a big vat of chocolate cooling, and he fell into the vat. And it wasn't too hot or anything. It was, it was cool. Uh, but he, he, he got up, and you just could see, like, the white of his eyes. And he was all full of chocolate. And this, this boy loved chocolate. And, and he prayed a, a desperate prayer. And he said, Lord, g uh, give me the ability uh, that goes with my opportunity here. And, uh, and I, I think that one sense, we're in the chocolate as the church world. And there's such an opportunity we have, uh, demographically speaking, to, to those great schools of fish in urban areas that we can win for the gospel. Here in Youngstown, Warren area, Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Bogota, we have 9 million people. Uh, in uh, Lima, there's 11 million people. Uh, Buenos Aires, 6 million people. And uh, Mexico City, 25 million or 26 million. They grow so fast down there. Uh, and But they're all kind of concentrated, and uh, we could win these people for, G for Christ, is, is for Jesus. And that's like the demographic part. And the third part is the communication part. Uh, that we have wonderful tools, which you guys use here in this church wonderfully. And this is a, a, a church that's got this vision. They understand this about communication, film, internet, Facebook, and uh, applications, and all that. All that, it's wonderful tools to take the gospel out. And it's a, a, we need not kind of get uh, sidetracked and think it's just for personal use or whatever. Those are tools to take the gospel. And if we, if we keep remember that, it helps us a lot to win people. Well, that's the communication. You go into all the world and preach. So we have the ability to preach in many different ways, radio, television, et cetera, et cetera, so many different ways, uh, live streaming and uh, all that. And those are just uh, uh, things the Lord's given us to take the gospel out, those three revolutions, the uh, communication, transportation, and demographics, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we're doing it, and uh, the church is growing 8% uh, annually. So some good things are going on, praise God. You, you want to introduce that video we talked about? Yeah, I'll show you real quick uh, with um, Reinhard Bonke, uh, the evangelist, German evangelist that done a lot of work in uh, in in um, Africa. This is Lagos, Nigeria, in, uh, Nigeria in English, uh, and give a little idea of what the Lord's doing in Africa uh, in this campaign. Like three million people in attendance. Just uh, real real quick shots. In the name of Jesus.
Praise God. Aren't those amazing numbers? I mean, 3.5 million saved in, in that crusade. Oh, praise God. Now, that was unheard of 20 years ago. You say in one campaign, 3.5 million people, you say, you're crazy. That's happening today. I remember hearing 100,000 in the 80s and being right. blown away. Right. So and it's a sign where Jesus is pulling in the harvest. Yes, sir. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then the end shall come. And it's happening. Wow. I, I have one more question here, John. Sorry. There are bound to be some people listening who feel called into full-time missions work. What, what would you say to them? Well, I'd, first of all, I encourage you, um, make sure that calls from the Lord, I'll say that, and uh, it's not your emotions. Uh, go visit, spy out the land, make sure the Lord's speaking, uh, pray on that, wait on it for, for months and years, make sure it's God. And meanwhile, be the most faithful member of this church that you can be and give forth fruit and uh, be involved 110% uh, for Christ because uh, the best missionaries are the ones that the pastor doesn't want to see go. That he's sad when you say, I feel called to such and such country or whatever, or, the, or mission or work. Or, uh, he'll be, uh, Pastor Joe and Pastor Joey will, will be sad to see you go. Because if they're happy to see you go, uh, maybe the mission field doesn't need you, uh, um, if you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, they'd say, okay, great, uh, you're called to the mission, so we'll see you later. Uh, I'll just tease it. Uh, but because it, just getting a passport doesn't change who the person is. If they're not giving fruit, he, uh, fruit here, uh, they're not giving fruit in uh, crossing the border. So uh, first of all, I'll be that that giving 100% uh, sold out Christian, helping in everything you can, put your hand to the plow, don't look back, but be a blessing here, then you will be a blessing there. Uh, if you're, uh, you have to be called. You make sure about the Lord. The key to missions is to obey his voice. And uh, if he tells you to go there, then there'll be for fruit. The Lord doesn't call anyone to be a, uh, to be the, the fail, to be a failure. He calls everyone to be a success, to bring forth fruit, to be a blessing. Uh, so just make sure you, you heard from him. Talk to the pastor. Uh, make, make sure about that. And, and get, give it 110% uh, here in church first. And then we'll see what the Lord has uh, in uh, other stages uh, uh, of your call. So if you feel a calling, you just don't sit and wait. You you work for God now, and you wait for that door to open. Yes, sir. Let uh, him grow you where you're at. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you have to be faithful where you're in the little things first, uh, and he'll make you rule over much, you know, the Bible says. So, John, I, I'm thinking, you know, there's some people here that aren't here by chance tonight. Um, God drew them in. And I'd like you, I'd like you to pray over this group um, pray for those that feel a call to missions. I feel God will put that prayer in your heart, what it, what it needs to be. Um, so the, can we close our eyes, bow our heads? If you feel a call to mission, just raise your hand. I want to just see who feels called to missions. We, we see your hands, and we're excited for you. Now, John, would you just pray over the, the people feeling called to missions? And Alba, you Sure. Um, it could be short-term or long-term missions or whatever. Uh, um, Father God, uh, I thank you for these uh, hearts that are uh, willing uh, to go uh, into all the world, Father God. 
Uh, thank you that you lead and guide them by your Holy, Holy Spirit uh, into the right uh, harvest field for them where they'll give forth fruit. Uh, confirm to them, sir, Lord, that this is you speaking, that, that desire is not just a burden for missions, but it, it's a call to missions. Uh, confirm that in their hearts, Father God, and, and let, let them uh, give forth abounded much fruit here, first of all, in Warren, then afterwards uh, on the foreign field, but open doors that no man can shut and make, it a, make, a, make a way for them to go and preach the gospel. Uh, these people are, are heroes of the faith. I thank God for them. I thank God uh, they're willing to go. And you'll make a way, Father God, for each and every one of them. Uh, you'll provide, you'll guide, you'll lead, uh, you'll supply everything they need to make this word real, to make it flesh in their lives, Father God. Thank you for these heroes of the faith, these missionaries, uh, willing to go and preach the gospel in all the world. Then the end shall come. Thank you, Father God, for them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, I, wanna, I want us to... I'm going to receive a love offering for them in a minute, and uh, I, don't, I don't know how to tell you. Um, I graduated from Bible school. God sent me back to my hometown, and God sent John to Guatemala, and then John and Elba to Colombia, and I, I think of the lifestyle God's allowed me to live versus the lifestyle they've lived, and, um, you know, they, they give up so much more when they go on the missions field, and, and you guys know you're going to be rewarded in heaven. I mean, that's the ultimate reward. But can, can we pray over them right now? Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Let's just pray over this couple. Lord, um, we thank you for John and Elba. Uh, it's so easy to sense they know you and they're just following you with a passion. We thank you for their life, their ministry, their children. And Lord, uh, 32 years is amazing. And Lord, as a church right now, we, we pray your blessings upon them. We pray even stronger and more grace upon them. And we just thank you, Lord, for, for meeting every need in their ministry. We thank you for blessing everything they put their hands to, as you've already done. But we want to just pray, Father, even more blessings upon them. Thank you, Father, for the life they've placed in us. And, Lord, thank you for making us desire to win our harvest here at a higher level. Help us see, Lord, that we're living for eternity, and we thank you for changing our lives forever. And guys, if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it? Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.